Good morning. Peace be with you. And happy Father's Day. We have some uh, lovely parting gifts today uh, for the dads uh, here, but also for the men. If you had a father and you're male today, we're going to discriminate. But uh, come and get one of these. They're out on the on the um, uh, in the narthex there on the table. And this uh, was uh, uh, actually helped. I, every once in a while, I, I reach out and I go, I need help. And I'm sure none of you, that surprises you that I need help, but that maybe that I ask for it. And Ashley's husband, I sent her home with a, uh, a ASI uh, program. I said, what it looks good? Because they got a lot of stuff in there that, you know, you can only have so many pens, right? So this is Mark's fault. If you don't like it, when Mark is here, he's the quiet guy with uh, Ashley. You go ahead and give him some grief if you really like it. Say, way to go, Mark. Good job. So uh, anyway, enjoy this to the dads. And we're going to be speaking about our Heavenly Father today as well. I would like to bring to your attention the bulletin here. And I would like to invite you to read that yourself so that Pastor Ken being late doesn't make us even later. Does that sound like an okay thing? Amen. Susan, is there anything I missed that you think? Ed? I second. All in favor? Aye. All right. Well, then let us uh, stand and let us sing our opening hymn on page 165, Holy, Holy, Holy.
we come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all our Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in the thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have done. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not Now, Almighty God, in his mercy, has forgiven you. Let me just start that over again. I got to looking at my little boy right there, and it just sent me. I went, holy cow, look at that kid. I love you. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. As you're called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, 
help save, comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you have given us grace to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity by the confession of a true faith and to worship the unity in the power of the divine majesty. Keep us steadfast in this faith and Defend us from all adversities. For you, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, live and reign, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. We're going to be uh, reading first in Proverbs uh, on page 994. We're going to be reading chapter 8. We're going to be moving around a little bit in this area. We're going to read verses 1 through 4 first, and then we're going to go down to verse 22 through 31. Again, it's on your pew Bible, in your pew Bible, on page 994. One of the interesting things I found here as I started looking at this prior to saying reading today or at this time 
is the word wisdom. Uh, because we don't realize it or not, but the way we have wisdom is by fearing the Lord. If we fear the Lord, that's the beginning of wisdom. We have a choice. Okay. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Besides the gate leading into the city, at the entrance, she cries aloud. To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. We pick up in 22. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. I was formed long ago, ages ago, at the very beginning when the world came to be, when there wasn't, were no watery depths, I was given birth. Where there were no springs or overflowing waters before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the world or its fields or any dust of the earth, I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so the waters would not overstep his command, and he, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. If you'll join me now uh, in the bulletin, uh, you have the Psalms 8, which we'll be reading responsibly. Psalm 8, verse 1. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the bow and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You have made them rulers over the works of your hands and put everything under their feet. All the flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, birds in the sky, fish in the sea, all that swim pass of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. We turn to Acts, book of Acts. We'll be looking at chapter 2, uh, verse 14, and then we move to verses 22 through 36. This is found in your pew Bible on page 1692. <clears throat> This uh, 
act activity takes place right after the Pentecost, it's right after Peter and the other apostles had been baptized with the Holy Spirit and had spoken in other languages and to various groups. Verse 14, then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed a crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Verse 22, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible, impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with the joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here today. But he was a prophet and knew that God promised him on an oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what has come, he spoke of the <clears throat> resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both the Lord and Messiah. Here ends this reading. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. John, the eighth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. 
Our reading is indeed from St. John chapter 8, verses 48 through 59, and can be found on page 1663 of your Pew Bible. John records, The Jews answered him, Aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? I am not possessed by a demon, said Jesus, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. And very truly I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. And at this they exclaimed, now we know that you are, are demon-possessed. And Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. And though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar, just like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and he was glad. You are not yet 50 years old, they said to him, and, and you have seen Abraham? Abraham? Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ, you may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Trinity Sunday. It's a, it's a tough one, I have to tell you. And... I looked to Luther to find out what would Luther do, and I found out what Luther did, and he spoke for a very long time. I won't do that to you, but in his sermon on Trinity Sunday in 1535, Luther simply leaves the gospel for the Sunday aside. Well, then what did he do? Well, he preached 
on the Trinity, which he calls the highest article in our holy faith and in the holy Christian church. The Trinity is, can I get a show of hands? Is there anybody uh, out there that feels pretty comfortable in explaining uh, what the Holy Trinity is? Anyone raise your hand? You think you could probably do it pretty well? Yeah, maybe. I see some confidence out there. I also see, Lord, please don't have him pick me. Yeah, I'd love to say, not it. Go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> well, it's pretty tough, and there's been a lot of attempts. In fact, years and years and years ago, early in on my walk, um, even when I was a kid, um, somebody described it in a way that it was like an egg, and we'll get back to that in a minute. There's a, there's a story that we're all familiar with, and that is um, uh, Humpty Dumpty, right? Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. I think he was pushed. And I'm not alone, apparently, because there's somebody that wrote a book. And it's Humpty's brother. And he is uh, a detective. And he goes to find out who pushed his brother off, right? Because it was catastrophic. It was a real mess. They're wondering if it was the big bad wolf or could it have been old Mother Hubbard. You know, she can get pretty cranky. Goldilocks, Little Miss Muffet. There is a book. It's been out there, and um, it's called What Really Happened to Humpty Dumpty. There's another mystery that we find ourselves in today, and that is the mystery of the Trinity. We, at best... Uh, use visuals or illustrations in such a way, but it really, it really does fall short. I'll share one with you. As simple as that sounds, the Trinity is hard to understand. It is a mystery to us, somebody wrote here, smarter than me, something that we can think about and wonder about. People have used many, many different things to try and help explain what the Trinity is. Since we started out today talking about Humpty Dumpty, I think, I'll use an egg. And so he says, hold up a hard-boiled egg. So imagine I have a, a hard-boiled ostrich egg right now. And so what do you see? Well, that's an egg, Pastor. And I, and I say, that's right. And I have one egg. And as you probably know, the egg is made up of three parts, right? So the parts are the outer shell, the inner white, and then the yolk. And uh, if we crack the egg and we peel it away, the next thing we see is the egg white. And then the next thing, if we go out and I cut the egg in half and I were to show it to you, you would show uh, or see rather the yellow uh, part of the yolk. And um, you see the yellow. The egg has three parts, the shell, the white, the yolk, but only one egg. In the same way, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three persons, but only one God mystery solved. I actually said that in front of my dean of seminary, and he looked at me, and he says, did you just describe the Holy Trinity like a hard-boiled egg? Oh, did I say that out loud? Not me. Yeah, I did. So that made me laugh. I'll have to give um, my friend a call. Guess what I did today? Well, the truth is that the Holy Trinity is three persons. 
and the Holy Trinity is not like three brothers. If we're looking at a scriptural explanation of the mystery, it comes out like this. Christ is the Lord. He is the Son of God from eternity. He is the express image of the Father. He is equally great, mighty, wise, and just. All deity, all wisdom, all power, all might inherent in the Father is also in Christ. And likewise, in the Holy Spirit, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. So now, perhaps, if you are asked to explain the, the Trinity, you could reply that it is an incomprehensible mystery beyond the understanding of angels and creatures, the knowledge of which is confined to the revelations of Scripture. Luther leaned heavily on the Catholic doctrine of the Trinity to, exp to explain it. And we do too. Today we're going to say the Apostles' Creed. And maybe you've thought about it, maybe one time or another, maybe not every time, maybe every time, I don't know. But in the Apostles' Creed, it begins with, I believe, and the question is, well, in whom? And we say, in God the Father. And that is the first person in the Godhead. Amen? Okay. And so for the sake of clear distinction, this uh, peculiar attribute and office in which each person manifests himself is briefly expressed. With the first is the work of creation, True creation is not the work of one individual person, but of the one divine eternal essence as such. We must say, God the Father, are you listening? You must say, we must say, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit created heaven and earth. And yet they work is especially predicated on the Father, the first person, for the reason that creation is the only work of the Father in which he stepped forth. Out of concealment into observation, it is the first work wrought by the divine majesty upon the creature. By the word Father, he is particularly and rightly distinguished from other as the, okay, are you bored yet hearing this? Come on, pastor, what does that mean? Well, it's like an egg. No, it's not. I'm just teasing you. Here's what it's like. It's okay to have a little bit of, mm, yeah, I don't know. Because if God isn't mysterious, he's not much of a God. But we know that there are three piece persons. We know that they are co-equal. We know that they are both he and that they exude the essence of the Father. We know from last week on Pentecost that the Holy Spirit, the keeper, or rather the counselor, the helper, wisdom, came upon the disciples in that upper room. Remember that? And through the Holy Spirit, the disciples all of a sudden were able to speak the gospel 
in other languages. God with them. We know that Jesus had to leave. He said, I leave, and otherwise the helper cannot come. But the helper is with us. Three persons. Not like brothers, but all fully God. All fully God. So in our, in our gospel this morning, this is really hard for those to hear. The Jews don't believe in a triune God. They don't, they don't get it. That's just God the Father for them. And so here is God with skin on, speaking in their temple to them, and they are saying, you're demon-possessed. And now, that's hard for us to read and hear, but maybe, not, maybe we're not far from that. Have you ever had somebody tell you an inconvenient truth? And I'm not talking about the one that we go, ha, 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 you know, you may be thinking about it, but a truth that you don't want to hear. How did you react? Can you, can you put yourself in the place of these people hearing something that, absolutely destroys everything that they ever believed in, everything that they thought was true. They hung their hope, they hung their faith on Abraham. They hung their hope and their faith on a coming Messiah that was going to be like a warrior that is going to vanquish them. They hung their hope on somebody that would destroy their enemy. They thought their enemy was anyone who was occupying them at the time or anyone that had taken them into captivity. That's who they thought their enemy was. So when God was right in front of them saying, here I am, and oh, by the way, you heard it this morning in in our scripture leading up to it, um, that every jot and tittle points to, to Jesus Christ in the Proverbs, here we hear it, you know, does what wisdom call out? It's talking and pointing to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. This whole morning in our scripture was a one after another, ta-da, here I am. And Jesus is telling them, ta-da, I am. Which means I'm God. What do I say your name is? Remember that part, that burning bush? Moses was trying every trick in the book to not have to go and proclaim God. And he finally says, I don't even know what your name is. He says, I am that I am. And so Jesus just said, I'm God. And they go, oh, no, you're not. You're demon-possessed. They were blind. So we fixate on the Father. Keeps coming back. Papa. Abba. Today's Father's Day, so listen to this. Papa. Abba. The part of the, of the Trinity that draws us in, the most important part of all that is for worship, and that's how we express it. Worship, relationship, Father. God seeks a relationship with you and with me, and he enables us to have that relationship with the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. He points us to that relationship and, and, and clears the way for us by what his son did on the cross so that we could come to the perfect father because of what he did. He wants to have a relationship with you. The Jews, they didn't see their father 
God or Abraham. Abraham's dead or God is somebody that they want to have a relationship. He was one that was always correcting them and always allowing them to go into desolation or captivity. They didn't have that. It was foreign to them. And over and over and over again, we have read of Jesus telling his disciples, the kingdom of heaven is like this. Or here's another one. There was a young son who asked his father for all of his inheritance, and he went away to a far land, and we know how that went. He spent it all. He was horrible. He came back, and what did the father do? Well, for a Jewish man to do what Jesus described was foreign Foreign, he must be demon-possessed. Who talks of these things? No man of wealth is going to give half of his, his property and his wealth to his little children or to his son to go off and squander it, let alone go and run after him and hold him and, and, and hug him and, and give him a signet ring and the best robe and sandals and slaughter the fatted calf. Jesus is talking about radical, crazy stuff. And we've heard it so many times, we're like, well, that's what Jesus does. He's really nice. And he loves me. But to the Jews, they didn't understand that this guy's nuts. He has to be demon-possessed. This cannot happen. We don't have a father on earth that does it this way. And certainly Abraham didn't do this way, and David didn't act that way. They're, They're perplexed. They don't get it. But you and I, we have, the, we have the ability as we've gone through the church year here to see how the story is going to end. And it's all about God wanting to have a relationship with you, wanting to be your father. Now, all of us have a dad, and not all of us have had, maybe have warm feelings for our father. But if you do, then that's a real gift. And if you don't, you have a Father in heaven that can do that. And if you can't imagine it, you've got to have seen Leave it to Beaver. Lord Cleaver is a pretty cool dad. But our Father in heaven is even more relatable and more wonderful than that. Our Father in heaven is like that prodigal father that waits on that son that ran off to a faraway place, squandered it all, came back saying, hey, I'll be a servant. And the Father, our Father in heaven, is like that prodigal father. He runs after you, grabs you, kisses you, robes you in the righteousness of his son, gives you an inheritance that we know is going to be in heaven. And he calls you child. In short, The Trinity, yes, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. How does that work? Yeah, I don't know. But I know they're true. Why does he do it? Because he wants to be with you. He wants to say to you, my son, my daughter, I am with you till the end of time. You are my child. Have peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our next hymn is actually found on page 42 
instead of 165, and it is of the Father's love begotten.
stand? Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified. It is before your majesty that we come, O triune God, not presuming our place, but responding to your promise. Hear your people and grant our supplications. Blessed Father, from you comes all that is and we are forever indebted to your grace for the gift of life. Receive this day our special thanks for the redemption that you have provided in Jesus Christ, your Son, and for the work of the Spirit in bringing us to know you by faith and to be adopted as your children by baptism into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Blessed Father, your Son was the voice that spoke all things into existence, and your grace still preserves all that you have made. You did not abandon your people when they abandoned you, but you have delivered us by the blood of Christ. Grant us your Spirit, that we may know your word and keep it in faith through all the days of our earthly pilgrimage until we are joined with faithful Abraham, with patriarch, prophet, apostle, and evangelist in your presence forever. Lord, in your mercy, blessed Father, you guard your world as your own possession and have established governments and leaders to serve your purpose. Bless Donald, our president, and Gavin, our governor, and all elected and appointed officials that in their stewardship of the nation and state, that they may be faithful and serve honorably for our benefit. Lord, in your mercy. Blessed Father, you have established marriage and sanctified the home to be a place of blessing and love. 
Give to parent and child the courage to love as you have loved us. Unite them in their common life by your spirit to know Jesus and to serve him. Bless the single with chastity. Comfort the widowed, protect the orphan, and defend the helpless. Lord, in your mercy. Blessed Father, you desire not the death of the sinner, but that all may live. Grant your Holy Spirit that hearing your word, all people may be brought into repentance and may confess with us their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. Lord, in your mercy. And blessed Father, you have suffered fully the cost of love through your Son. Give healing and peace to all the afflicted and give your peace to the grieving and dying, especially those who have requested our prayers and those who we name in our hearts and those who we name out loud right now. Give them all that is needful so that they may endure their illness confident of your presence and supply them with grace sufficient for their every need. Lord, in your mercy. Blessed Father, you have revealed yourself to us in Christ so that we may know you by faith and confess you before the world. Give us your spirit that all churches may confess truly and faithfully your word, and live in harmony of doctrine and life in anticipation of that day when we shall kneel together at your altar, Lord, in your mercy. Blessed Father, we worship you not as we ought, but as we are able. Within the frailty of our minds and hearts that still struggle against sin and unbelief, Guard us by your Holy Spirit that we may not grow weary or lose sight of the goal before us. Work in us to display the good works of him who has called us from darkness into his marvelous light. Lord, in your mercy. And blessed Father, Reform and renew us by your word and spirit where we lack love and build us up in Christ and where distracted give us a single focus upon our Lord Jesus that at last we may be found faithful to be reunited with those who have gone before us to your nearer presence and enjoy the marriage of the supper of the Lamb in his kingdom and without end. Lord, in your mercy, all these things we pray to you, pleading the merits of Christ alone, for you live and reign as one eternal God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, even to the end of the ages. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace.
beautiful. Thank you, Bang. And Jim, uh, did you say hello to her husband, Jim, over there? Bang, thank you. What a beautiful offering. Thank you for being at worship with us today. And as we are in relationship with the Father, and the other thing you do in relationship with your Father is you get ready and have a meal, right? Okay. Well, before that, let us give thanks. Will you please stand? Pray with me. Blessed are you. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and ever-living God. You have revealed your glory as the glory also of your Son and of the Holy Spirit. Three persons, equal in majesty, undivided in splendor, yet one Lord, one God, ever to be adored in your everlasting glory. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus, in much the same, same way, took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death his resurrection, and his triumphant, glorious coming again. Let us together pray the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven,
a foretaste of the marriage feast of the Lamb. This is, this is our, our gift that a loving Father gave to you and to me. It's a means of grace for those who call Jesus their Lord and their Savior. For those who have been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If that is your confession and that is your belief, come. The table is prepared. You may be seated and the ushers will bring you forward.
Please stand. So during the sharing of the peace, I got some really good news, but I didn't get to get all of the news, like the statistics of the little guy. But there is a new great-grandbaby, and Helen can tell you all about it. But his daddy, Adam, is a hero and is serving selflessly in the United States Marine Corps. His mama, Abby, is uh, a beautiful, sweet woman that Grandma approves of highly. One of the dogs is named Amos, I think. And then, and then baby's name is Ace. Now, I think they want to get right in the beginning of the phone book. A, 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 right? Automotive. Anyway, wish her well, and we want to hear all about it. And now the blessing. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
peace and unity and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.